welcome to the Daily Reprieve, where we provide essays, speaker meetings, workshops, and conferences in podcast format. We are an ad-free podcast. If you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and drop a dollar or two into the virtual basket. Please consider donating monthly by clicking the Donate Monthly button. However, one-time donations are always welcome. Just click the Donate Now button. Now, without further ado, this episode of The Daily Reprieve. Good evening. Welcome to this meeting of Sexaholics Anonymous. My name's Sandy. I'm from Denver, and I'll be your one of your facilitators this session. Um, I am joined by Ned from Seattle, who will be our co-facilitator. Um, the name of this meeting is Serenity, not Serenity, it's Sanity. Now, um, I need to tell you that, that I thought I was chairing this um, right away because Sanity and Sandy sound so much alike. I read Sanity and I thought it was me. Um, Please take a moment to silence all your electronic devices. If you need to use yours during this meeting, uh, please take it outside. If you'll join me in, the, uh, in a moment of silence followed by the serenity prayer, um, we will begin afterwards. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. This, we, don't, we don't say usually the following, the trailer thing that you guys say in Denver, so I interrupt when you say that. I'm sorry. Um, this meeting has been recorded. In the spirit of the 12th tradition, to carry the, me- the, the message, this meeting is being recorded. The recorder will not be turned off for any reason. If you wish to share, speak directly into the microphone so the listener can follow you. If you wish not to be recorded, we invite you to participate by listening or attending another session. Um, And please do not touch any of the recording equipment. I've been told that if we do that and jar the machine, that it stops recording altogether. Um. I'd like to tell you a little bit about me, um, other than that I think Sanity and Sandy are the same thing. Uh, I've been working on this getting sober thing for a long time, probably since I first started doing it. But I I got into um, S recovery about uh, 12 or 13 years ago when my wife confronted me once again um, on the computer uh, masturbating. She used to think I worked late at night um, until I retired and I brought the computer home and she found out what I was doing late at night. Um, that's not my only um, sexually addictive um, activity, but that's my favorite. Um, I worked in uh, other programs, joined other programs, and I found some relief. I found that I liked the way they were talking. I, I, I liked the frankness of the meetings, but I just wasn't getting sober in them. And three years ago, a friend of mine who was going to SA pointed out to me that there was a meeting uh, very close to my house, five minutes away. And I pointed out to him that the uh, definition of sobriety was a little too stringent for me, that I couldn't possibly do that. And he said, but it's five minutes away. So I've been going, going, coming ever since. And, and I'm finding that it works so far. Uh, that's, that's pretty much my story right now. You will be uh, sharing a little more, or is that your share for now? Enough about me and oh, about me. More to say about, <laughs> about sanity and Sandy later. Okay, I'm Ned, sexaholic. Thank you, folks, for being here and helping me 
with my sanity. Uh, I a little bit about me. I've been uh, in recovery of some kind or another about twenty years, and uh, uh, my primary obsession that I have no control over is uh, around nudity. Uh, any of you folks that think that you can't get by without masturbating, I did not learn to masturbate till I was 45. So yes, you can do it. And even if you accomplish it, it doesn't mean you're sane. <laughs> That's been my experience. Um, uh, can I just, I'll log tend a little bit about sanity and then I'll pass back to you. Is that okay? Um, I, uh, when I suddenly realized uh, about an, uh, an hour or two ago that this was going to be recorded, I thought I should take some notes and try to be a little less scattered. And then I read my notes and realized uh, it didn't help. So I'll, uh, I'll just uh, start for the literature, which is a good place for me to start when I want to get a little bit of sanity. Right at the beginning of the white book, or at the beginning of the solution that we read a lot in here, it says, we saw that our problem was threefold, physical, emotional, and spiritual. Healing had to come about in all three. The, what that tells me is uh, I can't work my way into sobriety. I can't care enough to be sober. I can't pray my way into sobriety because I'm sick in all those areas. Uh, none of those approaches are going to give me sanity. Uh, so where do I go? Um, Roy Kay told us what we can't do, but he himself turned to Bill W. On page uh, 84 and 85, Bill tells us, and we have ceased fighting anything or anyone, even alcohol, or in our case, lust. For by this time, sanity will have returned. We will seldom be interested in liquor, or lust, or sex, or whatever. If tempted, we recoil from it as if from a hot flame. We react sanely and normally. And we will find that this has happened automatically. We will see that our new attitude towards liquor or lust has been given us without any thought or effort on our part. It just comes. That is the miracle of it. We are not fighting it, neither are we avoiding temptation. We feel as though we have been placed in a position of neutrality, safe and protected. We have not even sworn off. Instead, the problem has been removed. It does not exist for us. We are neither cocky nor are we afraid. That is our experience. That is how we react, so long as we keep in fit spiritual condition. Um, in my experience, that's, that's a pretty significant so long as, a great big if. Uh, so I often find myself uh, in my insanity again in one form or another. But... I can actually attest to this paragraph that, yes, my sanity does miraculously return if I'm just willing to do a few simple things. Um, when I'm feeling insane, when the old, old insanity hits, I've got people I can depend on, and I've got some simple things I can do, which... Uh, I don't have to figure out. I don't have to figure it out. It's all right down here in black and white. I pick up the book. It says, do this, that, and the other thing. I do it, and suddenly I'm sane. Why I could never figure that out before? I don't know. Um, but I, uh, I think it is something uh, that makes sense to me, kind of on a heart level, in, in God's economy, that... Uh, you know, sanity doesn't go to the smartest. It doesn't go to the richest or the most powerful or the strongest. It goes to the willing. That's what the program has taught me. Willingness is the key that opens the store to sanity. Um, why it took me so long to, 
to come up with that. I'm not sure. Um, and maybe I'll just try to be current with this. I, uh, my wife and I uh, went into Manhattan yesterday, took, a, took an Uber, which, was, which uh, worked out very nicely. Meet some nice people on Uber. But uh, going through the streets of Manhattan, it's a little more crowded than Seattle, I found out. <laughs> And uh, and my uh, my lustaholic was uh, was wanting to notice everything. And uh, you know, when I get a little hint, I'm just a deer in the headlights. It, it doesn't matter. Um, however, as I reflected on the whole experience this morning, I realized that uh, after about two or three blocks of just the insanity of the disease with all these people around. Um, like I said, I was a deer in the headlights. I couldn't stop. And yet somehow I was miraculously uh, protected. All of a sudden, somehow through the rest of this, I couldn't find what, I, what my lustaholic was looking for. Um, and in a place like Manhattan, that's got to be kind of miraculous because I'm pretty sure they're there somewhere. But somehow I was being protected miraculously even though um, my disease was kicking in. Um, and I don't have those pictures in my head. I could get a good night's sleep. Um, I, could, uh, I could actually have a nice date with my wife. Um, and um, maybe that's a good picture of my, my disease. Um, when I'm in my disease... I can't have this conversation in a sane way with another person. My eyes are this way and that way. I'm looking past people. Um, and that was one of the th things I, I learned early in, in, as I actually became a little more aware of things and a little more observant, I would occasionally run into people like me. We'd be in a group at work, and and we'd be having a conversation, and somebody's eyes would be going this way and that way, and every time a woman walked by, or somebody attractive, and it was like, wow, that was me? That was what it was like talking to me all this time? Um, and unless I can somehow maintain my spiritual condition, that's me all over again, uh, anytime my, my addict wants to kick in. Uh, and I had lots more in my notes, but that sounds like about enough for now. I'll turn this back over to Sandy. Thanks, Ned. Um, to talk about sanity, at least for me, I need to know what it is. Um, I've got, I think, five dictionaries at home, maybe more, because when I hear a word, I want it, I want it to, to put it to use in my head. And if in the first dictionary I don't get a definition I like, I go to the second dictionary. And that's why I have five of them. And I wind up with this, this blended definition that, that makes sense only to me, but it, it seems to work. Um, so what is sanity? One of the, one of the things that we've, we've heard, I'm sure we all have, is, is insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. Um, that made sense to me, but it still didn't talk to me and, you know, like Freud would have talked to me. Uh, joining a 12-step program and not doing the 12 steps. And that didn't make sense to me until after I had done the 12 steps. Uh, what I come up with uh, in Webster's on, on my phone is the condition of having a healthy mind, the condition of being sane. Uh, if I don't know what sanity is, how do I know what being sane means. This says the condition of being based on reason or good judgment. And that makes sense. That's, that's an everyday definition that I can use. But, but in this room, we're having a sequence of, of, of step discussion kind of meetings. So I, I want to touch on the fact that 
that we can't, I can't have sanity. I can't have the things that the second step asks us to have or to do without having a firm foundation in the first step. And it's the powerlessness part that really gets to me because I delude myself all the time into thinking that, for instance, one little peak won't hurt me. Um, I can get on the internet and I can look at the things I looked at as a boy, a 1958 Playmate picture, because today they're pretty benign. That ain't true. That ain't true at all. But that's a lack of saneness to me. Um, today I make better judgments than I made before because I've done the 12 steps and they all make sense to me. Somebody pointed out to me um, the first time or maybe the second time I went through the steps, Sandy, if you're powerless over whatever you're powerless over, and in this case it's lust, if I'm powerless over lust, if there's not a power greater than that lust, I'm shafted. I am done. So what's this power going to be? And it, and it, for me, it takes some thought. It's not a blind light thing that realizes that, that, that there's, there's some kind of power that helps me to overpower the lust. If I think it's me, I'm shafted. So, so sanity is, is such a, I don't want to say it's ephemeral, but it's such a, such a, a wispy smoke kind of thing. I can grasp it, but I never quite get a hold of it. But I act differently. And people around me notice that I act differently. And I feel better about me. I like me a whole lot better than I used to like me. So with that, I'd like to turn this over to you to get your ideas, your shares. We'd like to turn it over. I'm sorry. Um, and the way we'll do that is, is I'll turn the microphone here. Um, please sit in this seat to share and share as close to the microphone as you can. If we have more person, more than one person that wants to speak, you probably know the drill. Just line up in the chairs and we'll musical chair the way through. So with that, um, it's your meeting. I'm David Sexaholic. My sobriety date is August 2nd, 1988, for which I can never be sufficiently grateful. And um, I was letting the second step roll around in my head. And I've always liked what Roy uh, introduced from AA in the beginning of it in the white book. Uh, we came, we came to, we came to believe. That's been helpful to me. Um, but as I was sitting back there, I was thinking in, in the AA big book, uh, step two is, is the chapter four, we agnostics. And, and I came into this fellowship as an atheist and, and have always, uh, been grateful for we agnostics as a chapter and, and for the step. Um, I remember consciously, uh, when I came in, I was quite anxious, uh, about, um, the God part, the spiritual part and, um, and I thought, well, God doesn't make an appearance till step three, so I can at least get through steps one and two. And um, and that my sponsor took care of the rest of it. It was fine. And I've long since uh, given up on the atheism for myself. The um, We Agnostics has that wonderful phrase, lack of power. That was our dilemma. And that's what has uh, been the gift of step two for me, is being restored to sanity by being open to the power that was there all along. Um, it just, I wasn't open to receiving it. And, and I didn't, not only didn't know how, I wasn't open to it. And so I've, I've held on to that. Um, but I realize as I've gone along in the program too, I also, um, focus or more aware, I should say, of, uh, restored to sanity. Um, and I've always been drawn to that statement in the AA Big Book that says there probably was a time at which we could have chosen not to drink. 
there probably was a time at which I could have chosen not to lust. Uh, but that time was so long ago and so far away. Uh, it doesn't make any difference. And and that's what I have to remember is that um, being restored to sanity means going back to a state that has always been possible for me. Uh, I just drifted so far away from it. I I could not find my way back. And so we came to, we came to believe, we made it as, you know, um, the higher power restore us to sanity. And, and I really hold on to that. We, uh, at this point in my sobriety and recovery, I appreciate the shares and I'm glad to be here. Thanks. Hi, I'm Mark. I'm a sexaholic sobriety date, April 25th, 1999, solely by the grace of God and you people. Um, you know, when I walk through the steps with guys, um, and I'm sponsoring them, and I get to step two, first of all, I love some of the writings in the 12 and 12 where he talks about the belligerent one, the one who had faith but lost it. I give them names like Mr. Belligerent, you know, Mr. Had, Mr. Full of Faith but lost it. And those guys, I have to, I make them identify themselves because there's an issue in there that Bill is writing that's never said in the 12 and 12, but it's said in the big book is that what what is important about step 2 we've come we came to believe that only god could restore our lives to sanity before we can we can come to believe that god will restore us to sanity we basically have to admit that we're insane and i have found that admitting i'm insane early in the day makes my day go better because if I know I'm insane, I can look into the mirror and say, Mark, you're insane. There's no sense in listening to anything you say or anything you think because it's crazier than you what you know what. Mm-hmm. And that that is a that is a big help to me. And I, I have a sponsor who will remind me, Mark, remember, you're insane. And if I can take the it is a funny dichotomy, and I and I, I recognize it in most addict, addictive addiction programs that we have to embrace the insanity to re- the, embrace the insanity to receive sanity back. That doesn't make any sense with the head, with the heart. It sure does. I uh, I have uh, I've enjoyed sanity in in long periods of time. I will tell you a very quick very quick story. That happened a few, only a few short hours ago. I'm trying to drive here. Most of you did not drive here. We drove here. There's something strange about driving here. It's in a circle. And you drive around. You get to the airport. And there it is. You can see it. It's so close. You can reach out and touch it. I said things in my car that I haven't said in a really, really long time. See, it wasn't just me. And I actually call, there's <laughs> some people identifying. That's beautiful, isn't it? I literally had to call the woman at the desk to verify, just to make sure, just to make sure, just to make sure that the conference was indeed here. And then I had to ask her, to, to ask her, okay, why can't I get there from here? And she said the following, and this is so beautiful. She said, with her beautiful accent, it was so cute, I swear to you. She said, you have to not look at the building, but you have to look at the signs. I thought, that's great. I said, I said there's a little bit of a message there, isn't there? And I, 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 I have got to stop looking at the buildings and looking the far off stuff. That's insanity for me. I've got to follow the road signs. <laughs> Thanks for letting me share. Hey, I'm Steve. I'm a sexaholic. Hey, Steve. Uh, last year reminded me of a prayer that one of our members in our area used to say when waking up, God, get into my head before I do. <laughs> a very simple prayer. Good way to start the day. Um, But step two, I heard something recently that really helped me with step two. Um, You know, step two says, came to believe a higher power 
could restore us to sanity or came to believe a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. But if I replace that power greater than ourselves with came to believe that the tools of the program could restore me to sanity, it's a little easier step for me, um, at least in the beginning. Eventually, I have to get there to a higher power. And I've been one of the things I've been doing is listening to a lot of the old timer AA talks and one of the tapes I was listening to, um, Sandy B, he said, um, if you looked up the word God in the AA dictionary, it would be blank. Uh, and I want to read it so I get it right. Um, we, we use a word in the beginning and then over time, as we work the steps, the definition comes in. Um, and that's the way it's been for me. We have to, in, under, in order to understand God, we have to experience God. And that's through, and that's where the sanity is for me, is the seeking and um, experiencing by working the steps. Thanks. My name is Mark. I'm a sexaholic. I'm grateful to be here today and sober since August 6, 2013. Um, gosh. Um, my life uh, is sort of like Jim in the big book who wants to put whiskey in milk. Um, and it's been that way all the time. And because I don't like to look back at yesterday because that was my crazy day. So today I'm, you know, we're going to start the day all over again. And invariably I will come to a, a point where I will believe uh, that putting the whiskey in the milk is okay. And that it will create a different um, um, result than the day before. Uh, so, um, so, I mean, I knew I was powerless over lust uh, and my, my uh, life, was unmanageable, but I, I really wasn't willing to admit that I was insane. I, I you know, I, I, I wasn't willing to admit that I had a disease and the, and my disease, you know, tells me I don't have a, a disease. So, um, so I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm grateful to now finally, uh, understand that, that I am insane. And one of the things that came out, um, you know, nearly four years ago when I got, when I got sober and, um, attempting to get back into the house with my wife is, is, you know, going through all of the, the things that had gone on. And she said, that isn't you. You aren't a risk taker. You don't have a woman come into your office and, and, and have sex, you know, um, right in the middle of a business day and a business environment. Uh, that's just not you. Uh, and it was that, it was that situation because I'm, I'm the type of person who won't take risks. I won't, um, to the outside world, that is. I don't appear to be a person who will try a new restaurant. You know, I just want to go back, you know, let's just do the same thing we always do. We know what the result's going to be. And I'm, I'm, because I'm fearful. Uh, but when, I explained some of these situations that went on. That's when she just didn't think that I was, you know, this, uh, this evil person, but it's just like, you got some problems, dude. Uh, and, uh, that, that was, that was, that was big. That, of course, and, and doing my, uh, my fourth step and seeing the, uh, the trends of, uh, of my behavior. So yes, I am, I am totally insane. And if I'm not working a program of recovery, if I'm not going to meetings, not talking to my sponsor, not being part of the fellowship and relating to others, uh, I will invariably want to isolate. Uh, so, uh, I try not to do that. Thank you. I'm uh, Don Sexaholic from San Antonio. Uh, God gave me sobriety on Thursday, July 24th of 03. My unmanageability that day came in the form of uh, handcuffs. And I was, uh, was pretty unmanageable there with, uh, I had led a life of, uh, getting away with, uh, virtually everything, I thought. And that day, there was no back door. There wasn't a window behind me. There wasn't a door. There wasn't a, a way to cheat, steal, and lie out of it. 
And that totally was not what I was coming up here to say. So, uh, in, uh, in, uh, so that was my bottom. It was a low enough bottom. Been lucky enough to be sober since that day. And, uh, we agnostics. I was fortunate enough to come in <clears throat> that I had separated from the God that I knew in June of 1962. And at the uh, top of that entire chapter, I have scratched out we agnostics to put we the overchurched. I was an overchurched kid. I was overchurched. Nothing wrong with that. It was a great, um, it was good, uh, but I was overchurched. Separated from that God in 62, July of 03, 41 years and one month, I was my God. I was totally my God, and there was no second place. My wife and children were second, but second didn't even get on the map because I was, it was me. It was me. I was lucky enough to come in here that I had just a little, little tiny, tiny piece of God because I, I sponsor a lot of people that make a profession of religions, of, uh, Several religion, a lot of religions, probably eight or ten people that I have sponsored that got God. They got God. They got God. Where the hell do you go from there if you got all this God and you can't stop doing what you're doing? Where do you go? So I was fortunate enough to come in and I had just a tiny, tiny little piece of God. And that was very fortunate for me. I wasn't over godded. So I've worked with a lot of people that had to undo a lot, had to undo this God. I did learn when I was young that God loved me and I was going to hell. <laughs> I, I, I learned it pretty good, you know, and uh, uh, they weren't teaching that, but I learned it. You know, I couldn't be good enough to not go to hell. So anyway, uh, uh, I grabbed onto this God, God equals sobriety. And I've wrote it, I've wrote it through the textbook of AA, through the textbook of the big book, because word for word, it is a textbook. And, uh, it, it's so simple that it can't be read by an eighth grader without somebody who has read it before and done it before. It has to be read with somebody who's done it, uh, I believe. So thanks. I'm Fred. I'm a sexaholic. My sobriety date is December 15th, 1997. Um, I came into the program initially because I knew that my behavior would affect the lives of my children. And I knew that if I continued, they would either be addicted, unhappy, depressed people themselves, or they would connect with someone who is addicted, unhappy, and depressed. And fortunately, that hasn't happened. They've turned out remarkably to be remarkable people. Um, what I'm aware of is um, I knew I was, I knew that I had to stop, and I immediately knew when I came into SA that I was in the right place. I have never doubted for a minute that this program was the right program for me because my life started getting better immediately. And I, so many amazing things have happened to me in the years that I've been in SA, um, in terms of my career, in terms of going from being a very sort of self-involved person to being involved in the community and, and, uh, giving back and, did so many, I've really grown up in SA. I'm 72 now and I, I just have really grown up. What I'm, struck by is in the last several months as i look back at myself i don't i remember the things i used to do and i i was totally crazy but i didn't really know it at the time it, i'm looking back at at the way i thought the the resentment i had the decisions i made the way i drove uh the temper tantrums i had you know and it really was crazy and my wife has been really helpful to me in this journey. Uh, one time when I did something with driving, I think I got angry and made a turn or something. She said, Fred, when you decide to stop thinking and drive like that, I just don't find you very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> 
so you know, she would say she says very sort of down to earth things to me like that. But I've, I'm fortunate to have a power, uh, a wife like her, and um, she's been. A, she knows that I come to SA. She doesn't understand it exactly. My children do not know. So when they ask me where I go, I say I'm going to see my friends. I have coffee with them. You know, they've just never. I've never told them. Um, but uh, this program has saved my life, and I know that there is a higher power. Uh, I have spiritually, I have had um, an awakening over time. I've had a visionary experience. I've had another, other kinds of experiences that, that I didn't go looking for, but that were given to me. So um, I'm grateful to all of you for being here. Thank you. Hi, I'm Moshe. I'm a sexaholic. I think I want to echo a lot of what I've heard, but I've definitely heard a lot of things here that are very helpful. Starting with the definition of sanity has to do with reason and good judgment. Um, looking, bad of, at, looking back at what I've done, that helps me recognize that I'm not sane. I don't have... Well, I, I had a lot of good reasons, and I thought I was, you know, I thought I was making good judgments, but the consequences of my actions lead me to believe that I was insane, and I am insane. Um, and as it was stated, the idea of restoring us to sanity, I can't restore myself to sanity. It has to come from recognizing that God will. And for me, that means listening for God's voice from all the people and the program that I hear. And it's very, very important for me to let God in first because my, what I keep, I, I'm always, whenever I, whenever I'm thinking about it too much, that means I'm taking control. I think it came up twice already about driving. Um, that's, uh, I don't know, anytime you're going to be driving around New York and New Jersey, I think it's what's going to happen. Um, The idea that part of insanity for me is also, let's just, an example would be driving, the, uh, the rage that goes on because, because I think I'm in control and I'm going to try to do all the different things to try to get where I want to go. And taking a step back, it's recognizing that, I, that by doing those things, I'm just, I'm reminding myself that I'm, I think I'm in control, but I'm really not. Um, and that's, that's where it comes in that I have to take the little reminders from the people around me. Um, that when, when I do those things, I'm not, I'm not interesting. I've heard, I've heard those. I heard it today. <laughs> um, Yeah, so to remember that I'm insane and only God can restore me to sanity is, is, a, is, is and, and that's outside of me. That's not inside. Thank you. My name is Eric and I'm a recovering sexaholic. Hey, Eric. And uh, when I first came in uh, the 12 step rooms and heard people talk about sanity and insanity as it related to the addiction, particularly about insanity, I remember very clearly thinking that that was complete hyperbole and overstatement. Like insanity is people, you know, in, in back wards of, of psychiatric hospitals. It's not what I'm dealing with really isn't insanity. And then somewhere along the line, I heard the, uh, the definition of insanity being doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. And that resonated with me. And then at a different time, I had, uh, an understanding that, you know, anytime, uh, I do things out of proportion, to like if I have a reaction that's out of proportion to whatever caused the reaction, um, 
that, I mean, insanity is, is, is a good way to, uh, to describe that. Uh, you know, I, and now I look at sanity just more in terms of balance and equilibrium. And, you know, if I'm working a good program, then, um, you know, I'm, I'm experiencing sanity. And if, and if I'm not, and if I'm not sober, then, then I'm not sane. And, uh, you know, at this point that works for me. And, uh, I'm just grateful to have, have had those understandings because, um, it, it, it's easy for me sometimes to get tripped up on semantics. Uh, that's one of my character defects. And, and so, you know, I would have otherwise spent a long time sort of arguing with myself and other people about whether, you know, sanity or insanity is really appropriate. Um, and then the other thing I wanted to say, since this is about step two, is is higher power. Um, I've been in SA since uh, 2004, and uh, I have to say that <coughs> I still am not entirely sure w- what my higher power is. And um, again, somewhere along the line, I realized that for me, it wasn't important what my higher power is, but that I have a higher power. And, uh, when that became sort of the, the, the overriding belief or concern for me, that's when I realized that, you know, I didn't have to worry so much about definitions and about what my higher power was that as long as I had a higher power that I could communicate with or that I could connect with in some way that that was really the thing. And so, uh, I'm grateful that, that I've, even though I'm, I'm not always clear on what it is, I'm grateful that it is there. So thanks for letting me share. Thanks, if, uh, I'm, we can, we can all hear, but I'm not sure that the recording picks up if, if we're not closer to the microphone. So get your lips right to it. Okay. Good afternoon. I'm Allison. I'm a sexaholic. Hi, uh, sober since June 17, 2010. I walked into this room very in touch with my insanity. Um, but I'm grateful that I've heard that it's not something that I need to apologize for or hide. That 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 looking in the mirror every morning... Um, that image of, okay, let's start off here with I'm insane um, and go from there. That that was really helpful to hear. Um, I have bipolar disorder, so I've been um, given a, you know, a mental health diagnosis that makes me feel a little more in touch with this whole issue, but... Um, it's, it's like, it's the little things. I can easily, um, just get caught up in, in my head. And, um, getting here was, was not easy. Um, I had to drive across two rivers, um, from the other side of Manhattan to get here. And it should be an hour, but it was almost three. And, um, but during that time, I got a message from a member who said, you know, your higher power just wants more time with you right now. And I thought, oh, I could be using this time. I could be thinking about what I'm going to share tomorrow. I could, this, this, this is precious instead of, you know, and all the other thoughts that you can so easily identify with um, as I struggled. Um, So for me, this program uh, definitely has restored a huge amount of sanity in my life, though uh, on a daily basis, I am very in touch with my insanity. Um, but it's, it is this program. It is living. I mean, when I was acting out, I mean, the level of insanity was, was insane. It was, um, it, it's just crazy for me to think back on it, um, you know, the double life, all the lies, the the mess, and and the dark places, and it it is 
um, a much brighter place that I live in now. I can be connected somehow about 20 minutes into this meeting, I sort of arrived and I felt like, okay, I can, I, my mind stopped trying to figure out what all the other things that maybe I should be doing instead of sitting in this room right now. And, um, I just feel blessed to be with all of you this weekend and thanks for letting me share. Hi, I'm Chaim. Great for coming, Saxaholic. So, by the grace of God and people in this room and rooms like this since June 11, 2013. <clears throat> for me, um, the most important uh, point about insanity is that insanity is only insanity if it appears sane to me. If I recognize the insanity, then it's not insane. You know, insanity is that the insane things appear to make a lot of sense to me. And that's what's dangerous about it. Um, and that's why I can't be my own, you know, I can't be the one who decides. A lot of times I find by meeting I'm shivering and I, the whole room's laughing. And then I know that, you know, it's a reminder that what I think is something normal that I'm shivering is, you know, pretty out of whack to, <laughs> to the other objective listeners. So, so that's, that's a, that's something that I, you know, I need to keep on um, bringing my stuff to my network, to my higher power. To higher power is a little tricky because, you know, then I can like, you know, yeah, it's good. It's, uh, Chaim, higher power says it's sane. Go ahead. Um, so that's why I need people. I need people that, uh, you know, they say, they're saying that we're, we're all crazy but not at the same time. So, yeah. <laughs> so like, you know, like that I could... Check out with someone who's maybe not crazy right now, and uh, <laughs> he'll, you know, <laughs> he'll help me out whether or not, you know, what I, what I think makes sense, you know, at at the moment, at the moment, you know, looking back, I could see, you know, my first step. It's but in the moment, when when it's when let's say for lost, it's the most important thing in my life. So then it makes sense to do the things I did for the most important thing. But you know, so uh, that's that's all I got. Thanks. Hello, my name is Bond. I'm a sexaholic. I've been sober for 24 hours. Um, I live with a... I also live with a bipolar disorder. Um, I've been hospitalized in, in a psychiatric hospital for uh, five times in seven years. And um, I've been in the program for four years in the, in the SA program. Uh, I've um, taken three years to do my first step. And... Um, I'm still I'm on my third step now, working with a sponsor, working the steps. And uh, my treatment is threefold. It's uh, medication, uh, therapy, and the program. And I just want to say I'm grateful to my higher power for the program because it gives me hope that, that I can be restored to sanity and I can overcome um, my addiction. Thank you. I am Sean, grateful member of this program, Adustaholic. The grace of God, 204 November was my last time to act out. And I'd like to join the bipolar disorder group. I think we have a great group. Um, Bill Wilson wrote it wonderfully in the big book in 1937. He said a whole chapter could be written about this disease. 1937. Thank God we have medication today. It's in my family. I have my daughter has it, my parents before, one of them, and a couple other people in the family. So that's beside the point. The point is that, you know, the first promise is happy, joyous, and free. I was given life by my parents. My issue is I was never enjoying it, never living it to the full advantage of what I was given. That's insanity. I, mean, I was given a free, wonderful, joyous life to do the normal things. But I have a childhood disease in addition to this other disease called lustaholic. And it took that childhood away from me. It took my adolescence. It took middle age. It just took it all away. What you have done and the God of my experience, thank God 
The big book was smart enough for the people that wrote that. One of the men said, why don't we call it God of your understanding? That's why it's in 150 countries today, because it says God of your understanding. If it was religious God, we wouldn't be anywhere. But I love that. I love that freedom. So, you know, again, I think that for me, the program, this is my personal opinion, is to be happy, joyous, and free. To live, because what my wife needs is not somebody that's going around with his head down, shame. My children need a, a father that has an uplifting attitude in life. My grandchildren need that. My sponsees need that. I need that. My good friend needs that, because that's who you want to be around. You don't want somebody like me looking, if I was looking down all the time. The microphone wouldn't pick you up anyhow. The microphone wouldn't pick me up anyhow. <laughs> so I just want to say that that's what recovery is to me. It's about living normal, sane life. And I thank you for that gift. It's a wonderful gift, and uh, I'm so grateful to be here. Thank you. We've got another five minutes, but but let's wind up. Dinner isn't for another half hour, right? There. It's your turn now. Ned Sexaholic. Ned. See. In closing, anything you have heard at this meeting is strictly the opinion of the individual participant. The principles of SA are found in the 12 steps and 12 traditions. Remember that we never identify ourselves publicly with SA in the media. Neither does anyone speak for SA. This is an anonymous program. Please keep the name, address, and phone number of anyone you meet or learn about in SA to yourself. The shares we have heard were told in confidence. Please do not repeat what you have heard about another member to anyone who was not actually here at this meeting at the time that it was shared. Please, what we say here... When we leave here, let it stay here. And now, I guess it's time for either the third step prayer or the serenity prayer. I would like to thank you for listening to this episode of The Daily Reprieve, the best source for experience, strength, and hope for SA members. Please subscribe to this podcast to be alerted of new episodes. Please show your support by donating to The Daily Reprieve by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and choosing either monthly donations or a one-time donation by clicking Donate Now. Thank you for listening, and stay tuned for the next episode of The Daily Reprieve.